Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, oh, sorry about that. Uh, everybody okay out there? Anybody get run over by the paparazzi chasing after uh, Megan and Harry? What the hell kind of story was that? For about a half hour this morning on cable news, every channel, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, uh, Newsmax fortunately did not do this, okay? Everybody was going bananas because Harry and Megan, apparently, uh, I don't know, <laughs> were they chased? Uh, paparazzi chased them and... Uh, High-speed chase, and people were going up sidewalks and down sidewalks, and people almost got hurt. Well, that's uh, number one. Harry and Meghan should not run that fast, should not drive that fast to the paparazzi so they can be photographed, all right? I, I totally blame them. This is on them, okay? They wanted to be photographed. Look, I don't, uh, the paparazzi, what are you going to do? The Number one, why is that such a big story? It kind of happens a lot. I think I know what's going on. This is a sympathy gambit. This is a sophisticated little PR trick, little trickery uh, designed to make people feel sorry for Harry and Meghan. And it evokes, what does it evoke? What does the Royals in a high-speed chase remind anybody of, right? Diana, of course, in that tunnel and uh, in Paris with Dodi Fayette and the rest, right? The paparazzi killed Diana and the paparazzi is out of control, but they really just want to... Look at how popular we are. Look at how amazing we are. They're not popular, oh, by the way. Uh, the last thing that happened to them was what? Harry went over to the United Kingdom for the coronation of his dad and basically got booed, and he left 20 minutes later. I just, it's, um, I just don't understand why. What is the fascination with the royals? I mean, here I am talking about it. I guess I'm fascinated by the fascination. Okay? Uh, get over it. Uh, no, no, no. I'm... I mean, I know you got to fill stuff on TV, and you can't fill it with the Durham report, can you? You just don't want to fill it with a Durham report. I understand. I mean, journalists, why should they read a report, 300 pages, all right? Most journalists say, look, I'm not reading anything until somebody reads it to me or gives me the gist of it. <laughs> uh, they don't. They really don't like to do much in the way of work. So... Um, but I've been plowing through this damn thing, and it is a beast, and it's written in bureaucratic speak. Just so, um, well, it's watered down, and it's late. Thanks for nothing again, John Durham. Uh, this is a disgrace. You know, they rigged the whole damn thing. They weaponized the FBI before weaponizing was a thing. Before we t- use the word weaponized, they were weaponizing the FBI to get Trump and to help Hillary. It's obvious, and this report could have been written could have been written in a week. There weren't that many. It just goes on and on in the most bureaucratic. And he doesn't. At one point, they follow the four guys. They're following four guys working for Trump. Uh, let's see. Carter Page, Paul Manafort, Michael Flynn, and George Papadopoulos. These are players. I mean, they're not all major, but actually, 
Well, Flynn definitely was. Manafort was managing the campaign for crying out loud. They put wiretaps on these guys. And you can't put wiretaps on them. This is still America, right? Domestic wiretaps. So how do you get wiretaps? Well, you lie to the you lie to the judge. You lie to the judge and you make it seem like you have more than you actually do. So they lied to the judge and they got their they're spying on Americans. Donald Trump was totally right when he said they're spying on my campaign. They spied on these Americans. And then I go through it and I'm like, wow, okay, where is that part? Where is that part? And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. And finally I see it. They spent six weeks following these guys, six weeks. But guess what? The information, according to the report, was not inculpatory. Huh? During the six weeks, the team had used confidential human sources to conduct operations against Page, Papadopoulos, and high-level Trump campaign official. Although those operations had not resulted in the collection of any inculpatory information. Thanks. That's another way of saying they didn't have, they didn't get anything. It was a total bust. It was a waste of time, money, and they were, they were spying on people trying to get their guy elected president. You're not supposed to do that when you're the government. Has not resulted in the collection of any inculpatory information. When's the last time you used the word inculpatory? Right? Nobody uses that word. I've never even seen it. I've never even seen that word. I know what it means. It's the opposite of exculpatory. Inculpatory means we got evidence that you did something. Uh, Early on, FBI managers took off the table any idea of legal process because the FBI was trying to move very quietly in getting Trump. The intelligence analysts they selected for Crossfire Hurricane were uniformly inexperienced. None of them were subject matter expert analysts like on Russia. So here's the thing. They didn't want the experts to come in and tell uh, Strzok and Page and Comey and McCabe, hey, uh, there's absolutely nothing to this. This makes no sense whatsoever. Shut up. We don't want to hear that. Let's get those junior people. They'll do whatever we say. <laughs> Anything that comes up with Russia, they'll they'll be fooled. And you know that there's uh, all kinds of levels. I went through this. Uh, I went through this yesterday and uh, last night on the show. You have a preliminary uh, authorized preliminary steps and then you have preliminary steps and then you have a preliminary investigation and then you have a no I'm sorry not an investigation you have a preliminary assessment then you have an assessment then you have a preliminary investigation and then you have a full investigation hey remember this is the FBI Federal Bureau of Investigation Bureau bureaucrats okay you got to have a form. You got to get it approved by your boss, and his boss has got to get it approved, and so on and so on and so on. It's one of the re- many reasons why the FBI, apart from all this political crap, stinks at their jobs. Really, they're terrible. I mean, there are some good people there. Yes, I know. But you know what? I'm starting to really doubt that, actually. I'm starting to really doubt the whole organization seems rotten to me. And uh, they're hampered by this out of control bureaucracy. Even if they were good, which they're not. The bureaucracy, you got to get permission, 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 permission. And then you got to do a pre-investigation. No, 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 not a pre-investigation, a pre-assessment, then an assessment, then a preliminary investigation. And then you get to do a full investigation. They jumped all those steps. As soon as George Papadopoulos, some guy Trump never met, was talking to some dude in a bar in London and said, uh, I, I, I really like that site WikiLeaks. 
I think that's what he said. The Australian guy who hates Trump. A lot of people in Australia in in government hate Trump. They call the they turn the guy. They call the FBI. I think you have a spy. I think you have a spy on your hands. Something's going on. I think that they are colluding with Russia. These are Russian people. These are no, it's not. But the FBI that's they wanted to hear something like that, and they jumped through hoops to dirty up Trump. It almost worked. They were protecting Hillary Clinton every step of the way. They had all kinds of full investigations into Hillary. But guess what? They took the right steps. They went through the preliminary assessment and the assessment and the authorized steps. And then finally, the preliminary investigation and then the investigation. Because Hillary, uh, you know, she did some things. Big mistake Trump made, though. Big, big mistake that um, he did not go after the Clintons. He probably should have. He probably should have done what he said he was going to do in that debate. I hate to say this, but I have to say this. I am going to appoint a prosecutor to look into your stuff. Remember that? And uh, that was the same night. You know, she said, well, I'm just glad Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country because you'd be in jail. Remember? And he never made good on that because he's got a big heart. And it wasn't too long uh, after that. He was he won the election. He's interviewed by Leslie Stahl. He says, are you going to go after Hillary Clinton like you said? He said, I don't want to hurt them. They're good people. I don't want to hurt them. It's a beautiful sentiment, really. But he needed to get a bit tougher for politics. I think he learned that lesson because they're coming after him with everything. The whole, the, a whole of government effort, they like to call it. Um so, tell me more. Tell me more. Has that situation at the school settled down? No, they're still going forward with the insanity of putting migrants in the schools with the kids. And this is somehow uh, this is somehow a good idea. This is insane. You know it, and I know it. Everybody knows it. Is Eric talking about it on the? Uh, oh, my old show, the Good Day Show. Cut six, please. Cut six. When you look at the other uh, counties, they are getting one quarter of one percent of what we have here in New York City. One quarter of one percent. Think about that for a moment. We are carrying this entire burden. This national problem is being laid in the lap of New Yorkers. And I've said this over and over again, and I need everyone to pay attention to what I've been saying for these last few months. This is an unsustainable crisis that's been forced on New Yorkers and is going to continue to grow if there's not a real response at our border and if there's not assistance of a decompression strategy here in New York State. State. Well, you asked for it, Eric. You You ran around the campaign talking about what a sanctuary city we are, a sanctuary city. And I know like this is where you uh, get credit. The New York Post sees a comment like that. Wow, Eric Adams sounds really good on the border. Wow, he's he's applying pressure on the Biden administration. And they're fooled by your by your shtick. But I know you. I know where you come from. I know what you do. I know about you. And you you don't have an ounce of integrity in your body. All right? You're a fool and a bad guy. Any guy who comes up with the idea that we're going to put these migrants, that is such a crisis, such a crisis for our city, right? That we're going to put them in in schools near the kids. But Erica has a big, oh, whoa, 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 don't worry, it's not in the same building, right? It's on the same campus. Listen to this. Cut seven, please. 
So let's be clear on the plan with the school gyms. These are 20 self-standing gyms that currently is on our list of potential locations. We have not identified that this is going to happen. This is not every school gym in our cities. These are self-standing gyms that are not inside the school buildings. And they're one of the areas that we are looking at. We're not there yet to state that this is going to be happening. Uh, we still look at the other 19 other gyms and state if we're going to move them there. But we have to create a list of locations because the floor has not stopped and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. Oh, what was Rosanna going to say? So um, they've actually already put people there. They're already putting beds in those gyms. And it's not that long ago that I was in school. Did you go to a school where they had a freestanding gym that it was apart from the the actual school building? Uh, I actually went to one of those schools once in second grade. And guess where the gym was in relation to the school? You just had to go through the breezeway. You had to go through a little, a little corridor. It took you to the so-called freestanding. All right, it's um, you could throw a tennis ball and hit the gym from the school. So you have all these migrants there. That the people are not going to stand for it, and they are not. And God bless New Yorkers, right? And uh, even you, even you Democrats uh, who voted for this creep. Right. Coming up with this idea. Where are those feet pill? It was good stuff. Uh, They don't like this. Neither do I. Uh, Cut 30, please. Cut 30. They owed seven million dollars to Gucci. And no, 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 no. Stop that. Where the hell is the other one? Uh, No, 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 no. Local media. Cut, Cut 29. We're learning that several schools will be used to house incoming asylum seekers. The preparations are nearly done. This video shot inside shows the constant supplies ready for migrants arriving this week. Parents tell us they were notified on Sunday by Brooklyn District 15 superintendent about this decision. Parents upset with the short notice are concerned about the safety of students ranging from pre-K to fifth grade. Maybe you've seen the news. There are all kinds of parents out there. I have those parents. Can you fire them up? I played a whole bunch of them last night. They're really good. Let's get the parent clip. And I'm going to have some of them on my show on Newsmax tonight. Um, You trust this guy anymore? Putting those people unvetted. Who knows where the hell they're coming from? Oh, by the way, including, oh, by the way, China. Now, a lot of these folks are coming from China. Now, this is not the way to come to America from China, is it, right? It takes a hell of a lot of coordination logistics to go from China to go to Central America, come up through Mexico. Why would that be happening? Now, did you see Gordon Chang last night? Gordon Chang is one of the foremost experts on China in in the world. Uh, nobody knows China like this guy, and he's a total and complete patriot. He's a, he's a great friend of Trump. And what he said gave me chills last night. He says... It's not entirely impossible that the war with China that almost seems inevitable has already started, that they're actually bringing Chinese agents into America to wreak havoc in this country at the right time. Maybe they've already started with the power grid, with cyber and beyond. We don't know that this may already have started and China itself is on a total war footing. Gordon Chang isn't a crackpot. He is one of the very, very best. And uh, I invited him on because he had a tweet the other day that said, everybody needs to pray hard because the unimaginable is about to happen. (laughs) Whoa. I said, Gordon, come on. You didn't really mean that. And he's like, and he didn't. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's very, very worried. And so am I with Joe Biden just happily. You see, he just walked off to China, right? And he mumbled off, shuffled off to, uh, no, I'm sorry, to Japan for the for the G7. And they asked him, what about President Xi? What about President Xi? You said you knew him so well. Have you talked to him about any of this, any of this? And he muttered something. I think he was being, we all know it's tough to understand Joe, but he was particularly unintelligible because she is in his, his boss and he didn't know what to say in the moment. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The unimaginable could be happening. Give me a moment, please. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I grew up in Garden City, Baldwin, and then we moved to Garden City when I was in second grade. They always had this Waldorf school there, the Waldorf school. It's a private school. Never could quite figure it out. I knew it was a, I mean, Garden City has great public schools, but some kids went to the Waldorf school and I guess they just didn't live in Garden City. Some came from Hempstead, Port Washington, whatever. The Waldorf School, a fancy school right next to Adelphi University. Have you heard? Parents at the elite $30,000 a year Long Island school are threatening to remove their children after a fight over a book where students learn about oral and anal sex. The controversial book, It's Perfectly Normal, has parents furious. They claim the book was originally made for older children and is not appropriate for fifth graders. The school, however, insists it is an optional supplementary resource for parents that has never been used in the classroom. Optional, optional supplementary resource. The Waldorf School of Garden City in Long Island is facing a backlash from parents who say it is using a controversial book to teach fifth graders about oral and anal sex and all kinds of things here. Some parents who pay $30,000 a year to send a student to the elite institution are threatening to pull their children out. It made me physically nauseous, one mother said. Uh, there's a whole page on contraception and vaginal and anal sex and more about how it's perfectly normal. This is clearly agenda pushing, and it's so outrageous. The Waldorf School, it's been around for a long time, very fancy. The new sex education curriculum was announced to parents in March. You know, we already have every pornographic act known to man in our phone. Can't we keep those kids innocent just for a little while? A little, a li- just a little bit, just a little. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, a little bit more about these great parents. Uh, some of them are great. Um, you got to step up. You can't be afraid, in my opinion, although I know it's tough. Cancel culture is real. Uh, being harassed online. Nobody wants that. Hey, if you state a normal position, a normal defendable position, like, let's see, um, all lives matter, right? Instead of black lives matter, all lives matter. You could find yourself fired. It's actually happened. It's happening in America. This is, wow, wow, right? All right. So look, um, back to the Waldorf School in Garden City, very fancy uh, private school. 
Parents claim the book's content uh, is no good. One mother spoke to the Post, condition of anonymity. She claimed parents have been intimidated and threatened with being labeled as against diversity for raising concerns. Oh, you must be for diversity, right? Everything's about diversity. Ooh, diversity. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. The words sound great, don't they? Another said she feared retaliation from the school where parents sign contracts every February for their children's enrollment for the following year. Yeah, I could see that would be... uh, That would be kind of uh, a problem, especially, quite frankly, I'm sorry, there are some crummy schools uh, around there, and uh, it's not really the kids' fault. Sometimes, well, it's a lot of things that go into bad schools. This school is the one place where they have always let children be children, and they used to try to keep them away from social media and television. But now this ideology is becoming the forefront of the school's focus. I'm all for diversity and inclusion, but it takes on a whole new tone when your little kids come home lecturing you about pronouns and asking about oral sex. One page on homosexual intercourse reads, another kind of sexual intercourse happens when the sexual parts of two people who have female bodies touch or when the sexual parts of two people who have male bodies touch. This kind of touching can make the whole body feel good, feel sexy. Another page on, oh gosh, there's uh, all kinds of, I don't want to really get into this. They're talking about how people can uh, do things um, in a solitary way. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yikes. And then there are pictures depicting all this crap. Another page tells children that sex is also about the desire to be physically close to someone as close as you can be. Anxious parents requested a town hall at the school last month. My concern is that when ideas are brought up in a class repeatedly, it has a certain significance for the child and it's not being inserted into the consciousness of the child. And it's now being inserted into the consciousness of the child, one mother said during the school's two-hour meeting. The mother claimed that being forced to learn about, I'll say the word, masturbation is changing the way her 10-year-old thinks. By bringing it up in class, wow, my teacher is talking about this. I better pay attention, the mother said. Her play has changed. Her thoughts have changed. It's changed who she was as a person, as a 10-year-old. When our children bring us something, it's the time to introduce it. But if you're forcing it, I don't want my 10-year-old, her play, her thoughts to be different from who she is right now. It's amazing that you got to go to a school board and yell your head off to get the the basics of human decency, right? Let's not sexualize children. Let's not do that. Quite frankly, it's going to happen on its own, naturally, puberty. And that hasn't kicked in at the age of 10. In a statement shared with the Daily Mail, Kelly O'Hallahan, faculty chair of the Waldorf School of Garden City, said the book in question is optional, supplementary resource for parents that has never been used in the classroom. You know something, come to think of it, the National Geographic magazines were never used in the classroom, but we got those in the school library. And why do we get those at the school library? Uh, because we wanted to see the nude women, the, the semi-nude women, the topless women. Yes, in uh, some countries where the culture was rather, oh, what do I say now? Can I say primitive? Uh, I'll say primitive, all right? Some certain primitive cultures uh, where you could, uh, they went around topless. That was, uh, that was very... That was very interesting to some of uh, the young boys, okay? We looked for that kind of material, all right? That was the supplemental resource material. And you know what? We knew exactly where it was. We knew exactly where anything, anything of that nature. And it, 
trying to think what else it was. And usually some kid would sneak in a nudie book from time to time, right? It happens. But to have it as a supplementary resource on the shelf sanctioned by the school, that's a problem. It really is. You know, we're just throwing the world away with this stuff. What is the end game? You know, people, adults have to struggle with this nonsense, right? You know, I don't, <laughs> yeah, pornography is ubiquitous. You know, before the internet, you know who the biggest merchant of pornography was in the world? Marriott Hotel, <laughs> pay-per-view, right? They had all kinds of interesting data about people who used and what they used and how long they watched and all that stuff. And you get the bundle for 34 bucks. Yeah, I know. All right. I I know. And I um I got to tell you, having uh well, you don't need to hear all this from me, right? You know what I'm talking about. And it's not good. It's ultimately it's not good. It's just it leaves you empty. It It, it creates all kinds of ideas in your head that aren't healthy. Um, do I sound like a prude? Do I sound like a stick in the mud? Believe me, I'm no stick in the mud and I'm no prude. But I'm, I speak from experience. This stuff is no good. It's no good for kids. It's no good for adults. Um, all of our curriculum is thoroughly selected and we welcome collaboration with parents to continue delivering an inclusive and age-appropriate education for our students. Hmm, how corporate. Sounds so nice. Did they hire a crisis communications firm for this statement? We are a school that teaches our students to value the differences in individuals. Here we go. Here we go. That's code. This is code, all right? How about reading and writing and math? We are a school that teaches our students to value the differences in individuals. What about, doesn't that just mean kind of be nice? All right, when you're in grade school, how about the be nice doctrine? Somehow, somehow with all this crap, we still have a, a bully nation, bully culture, right? People are bullying each other like never before. I got bullied a little bit. And yes, from time to time, if the kid was small enough, I was a bully. It's one of the one of the deep regrets, actually, and it still pains me. I was bullying this kid because he was different. And guess what? I was caught and the mother yelled at me and I felt such shame. And I'm glad I felt that shame. I'm glad I went through that. Uh because it happened in real life. I could see the people. You do it on the phone, which all these kids are doing and a lot of adults. You never see the consequences of what you do. You never see how the, the sad face is on the other side. Oh, by the way, if you're on Twitter, you better toughen up. All right. <laughs> don't go on Twitter if you don't want to if you don't want to argue. OK. And if you don't want to if you don't want to hear some things about yourself that you may not want to hear. It's it's a game in a way. All right. They teach this. They teach that. We're such a great school. The book has caused controversy before with some parents in a main school district attempting to repeal the same uh, book. However, the school board voted 10 to 1 against removing the book. Oh, the parents, they're so woke. So interesting. Woke. You know what woke is, oh, by the way? Um, woke is a way that people can uh, cover up for other things they're doing that aren't so hot. I do believe. Look at how virtuous I am. Look at how virtuous I am about this, right? Look at how good I am standing up for the downtrodden, standing up for those for those immigrants. Uh, can I tell this story? I think uh, somebody I know was really upset with my interview with Donald Trump. Okay? And they made this great big statement to me that I can no longer be friends with you 
and I am no longer following you on social media and I'm no longer doing this and I'm no longer doing that because you are peddling misinformation. Okay. Which I'm not. Oh, by the way. All right. This guy just. So I brought up certain things about his past to him. Wow. This is such a, you're such a paragon of uh, integrity. I noticed when we were in Southeast Asia in the military, uh, you took certain liberties, and uh, I am not sure that you're the paragon of virtue that you claim to be now, but it sure must feel good to tell me that, right? You're telling me off. You're saying you're not going to, wow, look at you. But you know what you were doing, carrying on the way you were carrying on. I even feel bad talking about it out loud. I shouldn't. All right. Let me go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hello. Oh, hi, Greg. So I was going to talk about the Waldorf School, but you covered it perfectly. But one thing that I felt really bothered me about that book and that school, in the classroom, the teachers have, um, they say, okay, kids, close Can you stop eyes. for a second? I got to clear this up. This guy left his wife and kids for a younger woman, and he's lecturing me about my interview with President Trump. Right. And misinformation. Yeah. Right. What integrity was he showing? And he was fooling around with that. And I know things happen in life. OK. Nobody's perfect. Right. You know, we are. Therefore, we sin. The bad. Right. It happens. I'm not. But for him to point his finger and I just it gave me insight like he feels so good. It covers up. You see how good I am here. So I can do this. I'm good here so I can do this. It happens a lot. You got to be you got to be careful about that. All right, Sandra, what did you want to tell me more about Waldorf? No, I wanted to say that in addition to everything that you covered with that book and all the pictures and women with women, men with men and the, the mother and the father having a baby, they show all that in the book. But we're even worse. They have an exercise in the class where the teacher says, OK, children, close your eyes. And visualize how you would feel if you woke up tomorrow morning in a different gender, in a different body. And they don't do it one time. They do this a lot. So all of a sudden, these kids are starting to think this. And that's how all those little problems that we're facing, I think, start with that kind of exercise. It's totally crazy, don't you think? Uh, I do. And uh, there's all kinds of things I wish I learned better in school, like uh, multiplication tables and all kinds of things. There's so many practical things to learn. There is such a huge world and so many skills when like to waste time on this junk, which is, I mean, it does put thoughts in your head. Things I remember, there are things that happened to me when I was in fifth grade that still are uh, sloshing around my brain and come up from time to time. Uh, so we shouldn't complicate an already complicated situation. And what situation am I talking about? Childhood. Childhood, right? It gets messy at some point. It's going to get messy. Anyway, Sandra, of course, we are on the same page as usual, as usual. Hey, uh, do we have that, Elon? Oh, before I do that, Bully Nation. We were just talking about Bully Nation. You know there's a war on white women. Sandra, have you noticed that? There's a war on white women. There really is. And I see video. My phone is percolating all day long with the most, and I really should probably just give up my telephone, okay? It's really, you know, the videos of uh, shoplifting and assaults and, uh, you know, just people being really horrible to each other. I mean, really, really bad stuff. Saw some guy, he uses an ATM, someone standing too close to him, right? After he's done using the ATM, he turns around and just punches the guy right in the face. And the guy goes down, he's out cold. I see this stuff all the time. So 
everyone's going nuts about this video. And what is it? And they're canceling this woman. She's a healthcare worker at, I think, NYU Langone. And what happened? She got into a, an argument over whose bike is it from City Bike. They both had their hand on the bike. Now, I've been seeing, we've all been exposed to a lot of stuff, okay? Is this the worst thing that ever happened? Go ahead. No, no, record him, record him, record him, record him. Please help me. 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 Please get off. Please help me. 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 Please help did you hear anything remotely about race? No, I didn't hear anything about race. Now, it just so happens that the healthcare worker, the woman who's yelling help, is white, and the guy who says it's his bike is black. I hear two people having a dispute. One is saying help, but she's not saying help. I'm being, you know, does she overreact a little bit? I guess it's just an argument about a, it's a stupid argument about a stupid bike. All right. I mean, this is New York. This this is New York. Now, he's grabbing the bike. She thinks it's his bike. She wants help with that. Look, she's a bit of a jerk, but who cares? Right. It's everywhere. This story, it's everywhere. And she has been she's been identified. And I, I personally know where she works. The stupid hospital put out a big statement about it. What you just heard. We are aware of the video involving a healthcare provider off-duty and away from the hospital campus. The incident in the video is disturbing. The provider is currently out on leave and will remain on leave pending a review. As a health system, we are committed to providing an environment for our patients and staff that is free from discrimination of any kind. Wow, how, uh, how beautiful, huh? How beautiful. And how prejudicial. This wasn't about race, and I see with the discrimination, you're trying to make this about race. And so is everybody else. Oh, she was using her white woman tears to write that like they, 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 she wanted, she wanted to give this guy the Emmett Till treatment. Give me a break. You know, life is tough enough. Can't we back off? And you know, who's most responsible more than anybody, the sick and demented media culture, big media, small media, social media, all of it, all of it. I quite frankly was disappointed because I clicked on this video expecting to see something and I saw that it wasn't what you're saying it is, and you're elevating it. Why? As Joe Biden might say when he's lecturing us for power and profit. Is that it? Is that it? More clicks and likes? Meanwhile, you're ruining innocent lives. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it'd be one thing if that woman who was having an argument about the bike were running for Congress or the U.S. Senate, or maybe she was a U.S. Senator and she's yelling like that. I guess that might be newsworthy, but it's just a person who has a job at a hospital and she's been globally outed and doxxed and cyber bullied. I'm looking at a picture of her apartment right now. I mean, <laughs> what did she do again? What did she do? Did she, she wanted, you can't say help anymore. You can't say help. She wanted help. She thought the bike was hers. Now, I don't care if she's wrong. And I'm not actually even blaming the dude. I, I'm not blaming the guy who was fighting with her. I'm not blaming him. He had a fight. People have fights. People have disagreements. 
Uh, I guess people take out phones all the time, right? All the time. That's not nice. I think all of us should probably, what are we now? The Tattletale Society, right? Tattletale. People call them rat because a rat will do anything to survive. Isn't that right, Mr. Hill? I don't know nothing about being a rat. Mr. Hill, you know everything about being a rat. And by the way, there are times where you have to tattle or you have to tell. If you see something illegal or corrupt, uh, you got you to gotta say something. Totally. I'm not one of those guys. Oh, you never rat on the friend. Well, unless that friend is uh, uh, committing larceny. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> stealing from the company. I, uh, I got to say something. And I will. Uh, although I don't know anybody stealing from any company. But uh, you know what I mean. All right. So that woman is uh, going down and there's no redemption. You know who else? Uh, three years ago this month, we got George Floyd. And in the run up to George Floyd, we had the Central Park Karen. Do you remember her? Do you remember Central Park Karen? Amy Cooper is her name, and uh, she's in the park, and she's uh, playing with her dog, and she attacks, she's a racist, and she attacks and threatens a man who is just watching birds, a bird watcher. That's the mainstream media version of the story, and President Obama got involved. How could how could she give a, a hard time to a guy who's just watching birds? I got to work on my Obama, but you know what I mean. He actually weighed in. He said that. She loses her job. She loses everything. I think they even arrested her. And this guy got a TV show out of it. No kidding. He got a TV show on National Geographic, Unique Birder, or something like that. He's 60 years old, and suddenly they decided he's a TV show host, and they gave him a show on Nat Geo. Let's watch birds with this guy who was uh, hassled once in a park. Now, what nobody told you about that, what the New York this was in the New York Times, they said Obama, right? That that man threatened her. He And according to whom? According to him. All we see on the tape is that panicked woman saying, there's an African-American man and he's threatening me and my dog. Please send the cops. And everybody was like, how dare she say African-American? That's a white woman. How dare she mention race? How dare she do that? Well, number one, the guy did threaten her. Totally. And he admitted it. And you can go to his Facebook page, and it's still there, and he threatened her and her dog, especially the dog. In the most creepy way, she was he was demanding that the dog be put on a leash. She said no, and he goes, okay, I'm going to do something to your dog, and you're not going to like it. Come here, puppy. Can you imagine doing that to somebody in New York City, right? That's These dogs with these women, they're like the babies of the women. They're babies. Many They, they, take, to place, they take place of the children. She feels totally threatened, and I totally get it. So she mentioned African-American. Now, what was the big sin of that? You know what they're going to ask on 911 as soon as you uh, call them and you say, whatever, there's a guy uh, breaking into my house, or there's a guy urinating in the middle of the street. Well, you can't call 911 for that anyway, right? What if they're going to hang up on you? Uh, There's a guy hassling some uh, uh, person, right? The very first question they're going to ask you, well, where are you? Who are you? Where is this? One of the first questions the race or ethnicity of the individual involved. They always want. They want to know if the guy's white, if the guy's Asian. Why? Because it will help police when they get there figure out who they're supposed to look for. And she just gave that information on her own. And she lost everything, went to jail. And the guy who was threatening her gets a TV show. Welcome to America. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. 
It's dry. It's weak. It's late. Thanks for nothing there, John Durham. But there are some little tidbits here. There are some gems. I know you camouflaged it. You downplayed it. You buried it. And you didn't want this to come out before the election in November of 2020. This thing should have been ready a year prior. But look, it's obvious when you read the report that they did everything they could to uh, hurt Trump and help Hillary. And how do they help Hillary? Whenever an allegation came up against Hillary, well, they used the system, the bureaucratic system, to protect her. Listen to this. Certain critical activity in the investigation of Hillary Clinton was delayed for months due to, among other things, concerns that a politician, Clinton, was involved and that the investigation might interfere with a presumed future presidential campaign. In line with a directive, the FBI ultimately provided defensive briefings to the officials or their representatives. So every time that it looked like some foreign adversary wanted to get into the Hillary Clinton campaign, they told her about it. First, they panicked. Oh, oh, we got to be really careful here. It's Hillary Clinton. Whereas with Donald Trump, nail him, get him, skip the process, full investigation immediately. Let's get wiretaps and all those guys. Hillary Clinton, uh-oh, uh, let's, uh, 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 I think we need a memorandum of understanding, uh, and I think we should take four months to write it. Uh, uh. Um, we had no indication as to which person in the Trump campaign allegedly received the offer from the Russians, because the possibility existed that someone on the Trump campaign could have taken the Russians up on their offer. I thought it was wise to open up an investigation. This is in direct contrast, right, to what they did, how they handled Hillary Clinton. And this is what Durham writes about this, right? How these observations can be reconciled is unclear. It's unclear. How about malicious and criminal bias? There's a crime here. You can get Donald Trump for writing uh, for writing legal fees when he should have said legal payments. <laughs> I think you can. I think that you can arrest him for that. You can arrest a lot of people for this stuff. Unclear. Unclear. The speed with which surveillance of a U.S. person associated with Trump's campaign was authorized in the face of unverified steel reports and in the absence of a defensive briefing being provided to then-candidate Trump are difficult to explain compared with the FBI's and department's actions nearly two years earlier when confronted with corroborated allegations of attempted foreign influence involving Clinton, who at the time was still an undeclared candidate for the presidency. Difficult to explain. Well, you went to law school. Have at it. Beginning in January 2016, three different FBI field offices, the New York field office, the Washington field office, the Little Rock field office, opened investigations into possible criminal activity involving the Clinton Foundation. Did you hear about that? Probably not. The media buried that, just like they're burying it in this report. Just like they're burying it in this report. And remember, here's the... uh, it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I, I know this is dry. I know this is not the sexiest and most fun thing to read in my life. You think I want to read around a 300-page report two years too late? Um, but it's important. It is important. It's necessary. Because that's what they want. They want it to be so burdensome, such a pain in the neck to read, that nobody actually reads it, and it gets brushed away. Even Fox News, they should be going bananas right now. Oh, Biden to a G7 trip for debt ceiling talks. They're talking about the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling. And, oh, Joe Biden is cutting his he's cutting his trip to the to Asia short. 
by four days to come back for more talks regarding the debt ceiling. Levels of investigation. The FBI. All right, back to the report. They have levels of investigation. One significant way. Oh, they do less intrusive means with Hillary. All right, so this is what they can do. If somebody has a thing, they got the first activity is activity authorized before opening an assessment. And then you have a pre-assessment, and then you have an assessment, and then you have a preliminary investigation. Yeah, I already went through that. Let's see if there's anything else here that's good. It's it's a pain in the neck. And of course, the media is helping every step of the way. The totally corrupt uh, media working hand in hand with Democrats, and hell, they try to steal this election. And I think they they actually did the 2020 election because it wasn't just that stuff in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. It was the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop and who was pulling the strings there. The FBI, or as the French might say, the FBI. Is that what they say? Do you, how do you say FBI in Spanish? The, just the letters. FBI. FBI. That's cool. Um, anyway, do you guys have a... Never mind. Well, in your... I'm sorry. Uh, what does Mexico have as far as a federal police... Uh, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it's kind of like a like a national police force, the National Police Association. And they stink, or are they good? They stink, really. Yeah, yeah, they don't do anything uh, other than take bribes, right? Yeah, it's all totally corrupt down there. Well, it's catching on up here. It really is. It's catching on in a big way here. All right, so the Durham thing. Can I hear our? No, do me a favor before we do the Karen stuff. Uh, Elon Musk, I love this guy. I love this guy. He's going to take us to the moon. He's going to take us to Mars. He's a total genius. And he believes in freedom of speech. And quite frankly, given the middle finger to the fake news and to Democrats. This is America. This is America, baby. You can say what you want, especially if you're a billionaire. Now it seems like you have to be a billionaire to say what you want. And people on the sidelines are jealous. This guy. I like the CNBC guy who did this, but I want to hear this little exchange. This is Elon Musk. And they're giving him a hard time because he's been attacking Soros, George Soros, who's been attacking America for the past decade. Why would you want to take on George Soros? Why would you do such a thing? Let me hear this. But how do you make a choice? You don't see, I mean, in terms of when you're going to engage. I mean, for example, even today, Elon, you, you, you tweeted this thing about George Soros. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But I mean, you know what you wrote, but. You basically it reminds me of Magneto's. It's like, you know, calm down, people. Let's just not like made a, like a pivotal well, case s- out of it. <laughs> you also have that. You said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. Like, when you do something like that, do you Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay. But why share it? Why share it? Especially, be, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um... Why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? I mean, uh, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I want. You absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got to. Stop it for a second. It it puts you in in the. So what's about to happen is it's not dead air. He actually pauses for about 15 seconds as he thinks of his answer. It's actually and it's not like, oh, my God, he's screwed. You can just tell he's. He's really concentrating, and he seems to be remembering something, not struggling. It's illuminating somehow. Uh, keep going. Because you have to know it's got a – it, it puts you in, a, in the middle of a 
the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I, you know, people today are saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a pro-Semite, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> I, I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea then that that would be the the case. I, I mean, look, we don't want to make this a, a George Soros interview. No, um, God, no. I don't, so, I don't want to at uh, all. But I'm what I'm trying even came up though in the annual meeting. I mean, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say I don't agree with his political position because and I know it because he shares so much of it? Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of some of the things you tweet. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the, the, the scene in The Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, Offer me money. Offer me power. I don't care. So you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say. I'll say what I want to say, and if if if, uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you're good for him. Good for him. It's interesting though because not everybody's able to do that, right? Uh, he's the boss of the company. He owns the place, and they're giving him a hard time. They're giving him a really hard time. Hey, that's a kind of a moving scene in Chicago right now, a funeral for a police officer who died. She was ambushed as she came home, and uh, by four guys, shot her. And um, let's see here. I want to make sure. Officer... Um, Sorry, um, Officer Preston, Arania Preston. The funeral is happening right now in Chicago. Looks like thousands of police officers turned out. A victim of, uh, she was done with her shift. She was still in uniform and I believe shot right outside her house. Friends, family, and colleagues are saying their final goodbyes to fallen Chicago police officer Ariana Preston. A three-year veteran of the force was shot and killed while returning home from work two weeks ago. Her former commander, Tyrone Pendarvis, former mayor Lori Lightfoot, current mayor Brandon Johnson, fellow officers, and her mother, Dion Moon, spoke about Officer Preston during her funeral at Trinity United Church of Christ on the south side. Um, that's always really tough, really tough. And I'm looking at her picture right now. Happy to be a cop. Wow. Hand salute as the casket emerges from the church and is placed very respectfully in front of the church and the flags are flying and Can't hear a word. I mean, no one's speaking. Wow. 
Um, the group, the Brotherhood for the Fallen, will hold a fundraiser after Officer Preston's funeral. It's, uh, it's actually being held somewhere in Chicago. That's probably out of the question for most of us, but I'll keep an eye on that. Maybe maybe there's a way to uh, assist. And, you know, I will make the observation, because we were so beyond, at one point, where we are right now, a country caught up and consumed with race. And for a good chunk of our history, it did not matter. It was in the background, not in the foreground. And this officer, Officer Ariana Preston, happens to be black. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. They say the the blood is blue. And um, it's just uh, the current atmosphere the prevalence of violence and how somehow this is righteous or somehow a pushback against a a white supremacist structure and the demonization of the police. Political leaders made this happen. They did it on purpose. They were so desperate to stop Trump, they would do anything, including burn the country down to the ground. And the toll that law enforcement has paid I think 60% increase in attacks on law enforcement since 2019. And we haven't seen this kind of violence since the, uh, the 1970s. It's insane. And it's so unnecessary. And back here at home, some of the worst uh, and most responsible, you know the names, de Blasio, and yeah, even Eric Adams. He, he cashed in on all of this stuff. This, this moment, this, this, the overreaction of George Floyd helped make him a degenerate mayor of New York City. Anyway, that's, uh, that's probably not for right now. Uh, anyway, looks like Chicago is uh, in pain right now. And our, And you know what? I think it's okay to say thoughts and prayers. It's amazing. They've even said you can't say thoughts and prayers anymore. What in the hell? Why not? They work. And our prayers are with the family of Officer Preston. We'll be back. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Somebody raised the flag at the Capitol yesterday and the flag was upside down, an upside down American flag. And what is that? That is the international symbol or sign for distress. If you put that up over your ship, uh, the Coast Guard is going to show up and uh, try to rescue you. That's a little way to let everybody know that you're in trouble and it's perfect. Who did that? Uh, well, the country is in big trouble. This country is in a massive distress. 
And uh, uh, Gordon Chang was on the show last night. I told you about that. He is giving people nightmares. I mean, this guy is, he said, we have to start praying because the unimaginable is about to happen. And China has been on a war footing for about five years now, 10 years, and they're ready to go. Are we? Hey, by the way, I don't know if you remember this. It was in the campaign of 2020. Donald Trump sat down with 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, the queen of fake news. Oh, boy, she's been at this for a long time. I used to like her back in the 80s because uh, she reminded me of somebody, but uh, she's no good as a reporter. And everything you're about to hear from Trump, he's absolutely right. He's been totally vindicated, oh, by the way. Not just the Mueller report. We've known this for a while. Not just the Durham report. We've actually known this all the way back to the Mueller report. Um, check this out, please. So The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they can got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. No. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. So the biggest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true, actually. It is totally and completely true. They spied on his campaign through that investigation. It was a way to spy on the campaign. He was backed up by the attorney general, by the Mueller report and by the Durham report. When is Leslie Stahl going to come clean? Huh? When is she going to apologize for her egregious bias and factual errors? By the way, she should have known that at the time. But, you know, every, everything's so scattered and there are certain things that, uh, oh, that helps that helps Trump. We don't have to know that. We don't have to dwell on that. They are that silly and that superficial. That was good. Good for you, Donald Trump. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it's weird. I'm here shooting my mouth off all the time and on TV. And, uh, uh, you know, it's almost like a video game. These personalities I'm talking about, they're far away. They're all they're all far away. And uh, I don't see him very often face to face. So remember when Nikki Haley uh, got in the race for president? Uh, For me, she's totally ineligible because, well, she promised that she would not run against Donald Trump. She said it out loud. Donald Trump basically made her. Yes, I know she was a South Carolina governor, but she wouldn't be in a position to credibly run for president had Donald Trump not made her the U.N. ambassador, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Right. So, you know, I looked at her. I looked at her, uh, her launch video. I made fun of it. I picked it apart. It was corny. I said that. I said, she's too cornball. I was so, you know, but I just really got into it. And uh, guess who I saw yesterday? Nikki Haley. (laughs) What do you do 
What do you do? And she looked at me like she knew exactly who I was. She knew who I was, and I looked at her, but I – oh, I, I just made a left turn real quick. Is that cowardly on my part? Uh, maybe so. I don't want to deal with that. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. What am I going to say? I didn't mean any of that stuff. I did mean all that stuff. I think that would have been the cowardly thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. You know what I mean? I, I But I just didn't want to deal with uh, that individual. That's happened a couple of times lately. And uh, maybe I should just, uh, I don't know, pretend I don't know him. Or how do, I, how do I work that going forward when I totally rake somebody over the coals for their phoniness and inconsistency and total lack of qualifications for the job they're aspiring to. And I did it in a humorous and very detailed way and very authoritative way to the point that it's totally an ironclad case. Hey, then again, if Donald Trump, you know, I don't know if something if if, if, if if he got struck by lightning and we had no more Donald Trump, number one, think about that. That would be so weird. It would be terrible. It's hard for me to imagine America without Donald Trump, strangely enough. And I really think he's the only guy right now who can lead us out of this mess. DeSantis, he can't do it. He can't do it. He's just not up to it. Hey, by the way, one of his guys lost in Kentucky yesterday. How did he not endorse Daniel Cameron for governor? Daniel Cameron, you know that guy? The AG in Kentucky, he's amazing. He is so good. I first noticed him at the Republican National Convention in 2020. Daniel Cameron, he is a Republican candidate for governor in Kentucky. That man... That man has a big future. I really hope he wins that race. I'm looking at the schools. All the beds are in the gymnasiums for the migrants to show up. The migrants are coming. Pam in New Jersey, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, you know, when we talk about what they're teaching our kids and everything, they are stealing something that they'll never get back. Innocence. And our children need to go through that developmental stages of innocence. It, it, it prepares them for life. And also, as far as the breezeways with schools in New Jersey, too, we have those so-called isolated gyms. And the school I went to, the breezeway was about 20 foot. And I remember the problems they had even during voting, you know, trying to make sure that the children were safe from people just walking in the breezeway and going left into the gym. Right. So, yeah. So good luck on that one. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's totally removed. It will never happen. Of course it will. It's right there. It's right across the parking lot. It's right across the breezeway. You could throw a tennis ball and hit the gym and actually have the tennis ball bounce off the gym wall and hit the school and maybe hit the gym again back and forth. They're that close. And for this numbskull to say that, hey, did you, by the way, hear about the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, you know, the guy who blew it in every way, shape and form in Afghanistan and beyond, can't even secure his own house. The national security advisor can't secure his own house. He can't secure his front door. Some intruder goes into his house in the middle of the night and wakes up Jake Sullivan. How about that one, huh? Uh, You don't think a migrant can find his way from the gym to the school through the breezeway or across the parking lot? Uh, thank you, Pam. Uh, Jason, yes. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? Good. Good. I love your show, man. Your radio show, you keep me in stitches, I got to tell you, man. And your imitation of Mike Pence, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this before, is spot on, and that's not an easy voice to do. But um, your call screen is a good guy. He's patient. Okay, what's and, up? Uh, 
Yeah, I wanted to know if you received my three copies of your book that I sent to you to sign for me. I did not, Jason. I did not. Now, Jason, I want you to level with me, all right? And you buttered me up, and I appreciate that. But are you just angling for some free books? No, man. No, absolutely not. You sure? No, 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 I don't want anything free. All right, all right. So what do we get? Why didn't we get this guy's books yet? Did anybody get it? I consider it an insult to I'm only just giving... Jason, you know, I, yeah. I like you, but, you know, we've never actually sat down, all right? You know what I mean? I right. mean, you're a name in the thing. I love you from a... You know, I, I take it back. I'm just joshing. I'm just joshing. Where the hell are his books? He sent them. And Rich, you were coordinating this, right? Remember? I remember you were the point man on this. So what happened? Do I we have know? No idea. We haven't gotten them yet. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. We haven't gotten them yet. Let me check with the front desk. All right, Jason. I don't know. what We're going to check with the Put front desk. Hold, how okay, long I'll ago, how long ago did you uh, mail them? I have the, retreat, the receipt and the tracking number. Last week, they said they were dropped off. I sent them two-day mail. And I have the tracking number to the return package. Who so signed it? Who signed, the, who signed for it? They should tell you right there. And um, then we'll fire them. I see that. We'll fire them just for you. For slow walking the books. I'm All, all right. No, Jason, we're going to figure this out. Let's put Jason on hold, and we're going to figure out that situation. I was just joshing, although I mean, eh, yeah, I am. I, no, obviously he's got the uh, he's got the tracking number and everything. He's got our number. <sighs> Caitlyn Jenner is on. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner is on Fox News again. I like Caitlyn. I like Caitlyn, and she's really good about uh, women in sports. She really is. I can't believe that. Bruce Jenner was like the unhappiest guy in the world as a man. When he won the Olympics in 1976, he was miserable. He was so miserable. He said that to uh, Diane Sawyer, I think. he was. It was like the worst night of his life because he knew he had to go back and contend with this stuff. It's amazing. He was just born a little bit too early. He liked to dress up in women's clothes. Nobody cares. Do whatever you want, Right. Just keep the kids out of it, and that's what uh, Caitlyn Jenner is all about, keeping the kids out of it and keeping sports, you know, biological men and biological women. Anyway, Caitlyn's all right. Caitlyn's on the TV right now, and uh, remember, almost ran for governor. Uh, well, actually did run for governor. Uh, that didn't work out, but, uh, but who knows what's next. Uh, you know one thing? I started to really – I like Bruce Jenner in 1976 – and then when those miserable Kardashian uh, women, no talent whatsoever, on that show, treated him with disrespect, like treated him like he was, uh, you know, this uh, old guy who was always getting in the way. They have no idea. I mean, I'm sure they do. They must have looked at the documentaries and stuff, right? They had to have. Um, uh, hi, Ellie in Mineola. Hi, Greg. Um, just wanted to bring up a couple of things. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Okay, President Trump was instrumental in getting Ron DeSantis's position as governor. Yeah. Um, and of course, Ron betrays Donald Trump. So why would anyone think that once Ron DeSantis becomes president, he wouldn't betray the country? If you betray, you know, what I'm saying once a liar, I just I you can't. It's a fair him. observation. It is a fair observation. I mean, let's face it. You can you can take it to the crazy degree. You know what I mean? But uh, I uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Look, politics. It happens in politics. I wish it didn't, but it does. People are people. I don't think we write. I I think that's a little bit. Eh, maybe not. No, you're, you're Ellie. You raise a great point. 
And he's actually running. I thought that he would have come to his senses because he's no good at being a presidential candidate, obviously. He's screwing up everything there is to screw up. Everything there is to screw up. And Trump is making no mistakes. What about the town hall? Shut up. He's making no mistakes. Now, I could be wrong. Everything could be thrown up and uh, in, in California and somehow the uh, the rhinos and the establishment and the oligarchs and the billionaires have this thing rigged once again to give it to a guy they can control. Think of Ron DeSantis in a room with uh, with Rupert Murdoch. Who's going to be the boss, right? Who's going to be in tr- control? I wonder. Uh, hey, uh, Ellie, I'm sorry. Out of time. I got to do this break real quick. Be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Go into any inner city neighborhood and folks will tell you that government alone can't teach our kids to learn. They know that parents have to teach that children can't achieve unless we raise their expectations and turn off the television sets and eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. They know those things. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? That's Barack Obama's famous keynote speech at the Democrat National Convention in 2004. A black kid with a book is acting white. He said that. He did say that. He did, right? Let me, I'm sorry to do this, but I got to just make sure. Okay, one more time. Go into any inner city neighborhood and folks will tell you that government alone can't teach our kids to learn. They know that parents have to teach that children can't achieve unless we raise their expectations and turn off the television sets and eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. They know those things. Okay, he said it. It's a slander, all right. A black youth with a book is acting white. Wow. Um, Wow. That is one hell of a statement. Uh, That's one hell of an issue, a condition, right? Um, I never heard about that until Obama said it. Oh, by the way, I presume that in certain areas that probably still holds true. Did Obama do anything to eradicate that uh, that slander? No, no, he didn't. Um, And he gave up right away because the left, they don't like being talked to like that. They really don't. Jesse Jackson, you may remember, threatened to cut off his testicles if he kept up that kind of talk. And uh, Obama's always felt a little bit self-conscious about just how thoroughly black he is or is not. Oh, yeah, it's true. Obama isn't black enough. Just ask Barack Obama. It's in all of his books. He always, you know, he's wrote three books about his identity crisis, right? Dreams for my father, dreams for my father, uh, hoping for this, wishing for that, all those books, right? And you can go into those books and he's like not black enough for the black people, not white enough for the white people. He struggled with this stuff. And it's documented, and he wrote about it when he ran for Congress in 2000. Uh, Bobby Rush, the incumbent Democrat, happened to be black, portrayed uh, Obama as, uh, we don't know who this guy is. We don't know if he's in from America. We don't even know if he's really black. That's what was said. That's why he lost the primary by, uh, like, 80 points. He lost by 80 points. And um, so he tried that line at the Democrat National Convention. He tried it a couple of times in 2008. But the heat was always a bit too much. So he dropped it. He dropped it and just said, well, look, if I'm viewed with suspicion in the black community, how do I gain cred in the black community? Certain segments, I guess, you know, the 
whatever segment Jesse Jackson represents, right? Because I can't even stand saying the black community. I can't, I mean, do we say white community? There is no such thing, all right? Diversity, right? Diversity of thought. You know, not everybody who looks alike thinks alike, right? This is America. We're individuals. Anyway, um, that was in 2004. Let's fast forward to uh, all the way to uh, yesterday on CBS News. And Obama drops by the hood where they're mixing new rap albums. Go ahead. Cut 30. Let's see here. Cut 33. Hey, what's happening? Oh, what's happening? There was no cynicism in this room. No. President dropped by. Truthfully, I'm contemplating making OnlyFans. My OnlyFans will probably look at me like, are you crazy, man? But I'm just trying to make some bands and maybe help my mama see Jamaica, man. Talk to poverty like, see you later, man. Yeah, right, right. That was great. Sure enough. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Obama's clapping his hands and bopping to the beat and all that stuff, and he's really digging those lines, right? Um, it wasn't exactly a literacy program that I saw in progress there. I'm sorry. And those kids, uh, I'm sure they have great talent. Uh, but what are the chances of uh, one of them breaking into big league rap? I don't know. I have no idea. I know that there are a lot more aspiring rap stars than there are rap stars. I also know there are a lot more aspiring professional basketball players than there are basketball players. You know what uh, Jordan Neely's big dream was in his high school yearbook? To be a basketball player, a professional basketball player. I think we need more people who want to be middle managers at Exxon. Seriously, we need a strong middle class. Everybody reaching for the stars. It's like trying to win the lottery. And a lot of these, they just don't have the talent. I'm sorry. It's true. Or not willing to put in the work. I don't know. But what I saw yesterday, uh, Obama hanging out. And that guy, those rap lyrics. And rap stinks. All right? I know. I sound like a jerk. I sound like a, oh, my goodness, my eight, whatever. There's, I mean, so much of it glorifies violence, uh, degradation of women, you know, look it up. Even that guy, even right in front of the president of the United States. Did you catch that? He's talking about OnlyFans. OnlyFans, which is basically a porn site. It's porn. It's a porn site where they're wearing bathing suits or something like that. I don't think they're allowed to show nipples, but they can do all kinds of other things. OnlyFans. Uh, it's like Pornhub. It's like a an R-rated version of Pornhub. I just think, why am I frustrated? Why am I doing this? Obama could have offered so much, could have done so much. Instead, he's the photo op ex-president. He's too busy uh, water skiing behind yachts. How many yachts can you water ski behind, Gordon? Uh, and that's what he does. He hangs with his uh, his bros. He hangs with Branson, Richard Branson, billionaires. You can tell he looks like a billionaire. He just looks like a billionaire. And from this lofty perch... He's trying to put Greg Kelly out of business. Cut to 34. When I was coming up, you had three TV stations. Yeah. And people were getting a, a similar sense of what is true and what isn't, what was real and what was not. Today, what I'm most concerned about is the fact that because of the splintering of the media, we almost occupy different realities. If something happens, 
in the past, everybody could say, all right, we may disagree on how to solve it, but at least we all agree that, yeah, that's an issue. Now, people will say, well, that didn't happen, or I don't believe that. And one of, I think, the goals of the Obama Foundation and, and one of the goals of my post-presidency is how do we return to that common conversation? How can we have a common set of facts? What? Return to when TV was boring? Three channels. Is that what he wants? Yes, he wants a monopoly on communication. He doesn't like what we're putting down. And they're going to determine what's fact and what's fiction? And oh, by the way, what is a fact? I know some of that, if you're not concentrating, sounds... Yeah, what could be wrong with that? Yeah, we all we all have to agree on the same set of facts. No, it's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous what he's getting at. And this guy has the pull and the clout and the connections to really do damage to freedom of speech in America. Here's a quick little example. I know it's not perfect, but it was kind of an aha moment. It, 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 it changed my life somewhat where I saw every person in the media in 2016 running around saying it is a fact that Donald Trump supported the war in Iraq. It is a fact. It is a fact. You can look it up. And Hillary Clinton on the debate stage told me to watch the Howard Stern interview from 2002, October of 2002 with Donald Trump, where he says where he says uh, he supports the war in Iraq. So I look up that interview and what do I hear? I hear I hear um, Howard say, um, uh, "So should we invade Iraq?" And Trump says, "Yeah, I guess so." That's it. That's the proof that he supported the war in Iraq. No, that's not a fact. The fact, the only fact you can say is on October eighth of two thousand two, he said, "Yeah, I guess so." I'm sorry. I know I talked about this recently. A fact, <laughs> it really depends. And, you know, what's her name? Kellyanne Conway was not wrong when she talked about alternative facts. And it's what facts you actually give credence to and what facts you ignore and what facts you include. Look up any columnist. They take facts that support their point of view and they ignore facts that undermine it. It's not so cut and dried. We all have to agree on the same set of data. You ever see scientists and statisticians? Those guys disagree all the time. It depends upon what methodology. Anyway, too cool for school. Barack Obama is still trying to turn the country upside down. And oh, by the way, I think he's running the country. I really do. Oh, almost out of time. Let's see. Uh, Maria, hi. Hi, Greg. Just quickly, I just want to comment on the busloads of the illegal immigrants coming into New York City and the outer boroughs and being bussed into school gyms. You know what worries me as somebody who's in a field of pediatrics? The health of children, our children. Are these illegals? Are they immunized against, I don't know, smallpox, polio? They're not. They're not. They're not. And 50% of them at least have been exposed to that stuff. Maria, I'm sorry. There's the music. Hey, Rainy, Joe, and the rest, Rachel, Melissa, sorry I didn't get to your calls. I will see you tonight at 10 o'clock on the Newsmax Show. Thank you.